Hey everybody, welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is the always amazing Brad. And don't forget the spectacular. Are we starting? I sorry, I was Hi, I'm James. You didn't see him counting down? No. You know I that's was, his one job and he was doing it really well this week. I think I was I staring at your wife. You. I know he did. She was putting Why are you staring at my wife, dude? No, she was putting on funny little socks. <laughs> Anyways, I think that's what I was doing. I blacked out. Two roosters in this henhouse right now. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, fuck me. Cockfight's going to break out. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Real Nerds is brought to you this week, as always, by Birdman Barbecue. It's fuck, the sauce, I knew I forgot baby. to do something this week. Um, before we get going... In the world of news, it's real news. Hold on, what movie? Oh yeah, we saw Real Steel this week. We did. We did. Yeah. So, in keeping with the real theme, it's got me swearing a lot for some reason. Really? Yeah. Well, I already said fuck tw- well three times. And then, dude, you're on a fucking roll. Real news. <laughs> welcome back to Real Nerds. Do you have to say welcome back if it's just a music intro? That sounds so stupid. No, you don't. I know, I You've don't. never done it before. No. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's supposed to just be like like nobody notices. It just comes back in. Gotcha. That's how the professionals do it, which yeah. we aren't. Dude, I'm always bringing up the rear amateur style. Bringing up the rear. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, some cool news for fans of Arrested Development. Yeah. Is uh, Netflix and Hulu are in a bidding war because... Arrested Development is doing 10 mini-episodes, each focusing on a specific character from Arrested Development that they're going to put on either Netflix or whoever wins the bidding war between them and Hulu. Yeah, I believe it's more than even that. I, th- I think IFC is still... Oh, and Showtime. Yeah. And it's there, bl- and it's going to blend into the movie that they are making for Arrested Development. Yeah, big news. Because yeah. uh, it came out of the... Every year they do... Well, I don't know if it's every year. But every now and then they do like a reunion of that cast and everybody gets together and talk about things. And, uh, you know, a movie of Arrested Development has been floating around for a while. Yep. Um, there was some hate thrown Michael Sarah's way because he was the last one to not sign to do the movie even though... Uh, it's pretty clear that he didn't sign because there wasn't a script or at that point really even promise of a movie and so he didn't sign because he was like I'm not gonna you know, I want to do it but not yeah. if there's not gonna be anything so but it's really cool you know because and they announced it uh, Will Arnett announced it on Twitter mm-hmm. and people said is this uh, for real and Jason Bateman then tweeted said yes it's for real it's happening so it's kind of cool that uh, they're doing that and the reason it's uh, ten like mini episodes. Maybe a full episode. I don't know. I heard it was many episodes leading into sure. um, a feature film is because they all have prior commitments to other shows. So they all can't be like around at the same time. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool. And it's, you know, it's another show that was canceled and kind of gained momentum after it was canceled because no one really watched it when it was on TV. I mean, I'm guilty of that. I only caught it when it was on DVD. Yeah, I was the same way. I didn't I didn't watch it until it was on uh, DVD. Brad, did you? I, I watched it on Netflix like months, a couple months ago. Oh, really? You, you hadn't seen it until Did then? you enjoy the show? Uh, I liked the second season. And I thought Does that mean you didn't like the first and third? I thought the, the first, and, first and third I just thought were mediocre. You know, Really? By the end of the first one, I was like, okay, I'll keep watching just to figure out what happens. And yeah. the third one was obviously it felt very rushed because they knew yeah. they were well and mr mr f is down. i think the weakest part of that show Who? that what? uh the the storyline referred to as mr f is That's charlie's theron yeah charlie theron theron's involvement in the show is um not the best i don't think mm. um but my favorite things about the show were always um stupid jokes that you know it could be oscar Mm-hmm. Um, George Moose's um, brother, and 
she's, he'd say stuff, or his father could be in this room, and he'd like turn away, and the music would go. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, <laughs> something like that is the, out of control. The meta stupid. humor, the running gags. Are, I mean, they were they were out of control. They were things that you. You, and you David Cross and the Blue Man Group. To that, ex- yeah. to that <laughs> extremity. <laughs> Getting ran over by a car because he was painted blue when he was walking yeah. across the street at sundown. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited. And, yeah. and my hope is that they find a way to make... Uh, Stuart, go over, sit over there. All right, good. Uh, my hope is that they find a way to make a movie that is... Um, you know they got a balance between serving the fans who you know people who are really fans of that show are die hard like oh, yeah. they love so much of that show that you, they don't want to see it messed up to try and get new people in but at the same time i want it to do well i want it to be something that you know gets yeah. people who don't know about the show to watch it um, cuz obviously that was the problem with the show the problem was that it was almost so niche that it was hard for people from the outside to get in. I remember when it was on, I remember flipping over and watching a little bit, and for one thing, I was too young to even really... I wasn't smart enough to understand why the show was so good. But the other thing was that, because there were so many running gags, because it had a certain tone, you needed to understand the show going in. You know, you kind of needed... Even though it was a weekly half-hour comedy, it it almost needed to be something that you were with from the beginning. uh, Because otherwise, it was just way over your head. I agree. And yeah, I mean, I I was a converted fan. I bought the uh, first season on DVD because I remember reading that it was really funny. And I, if I, I the third season, I don't think was out on DVD yet. Oh. And I heard it was really funny, and I said, "Well, I don't know if I want to get it." And I went to Target one day, and the first season was ten bucks. So I'm like, "Yeah, oh yeah." I mean, I'll try it. And then I, I mean, I was sucked in immediately. I, I thought the show was clever and really hilarious. And uh, I'm a big fan of Job and his magic tricks and. Um, <laughs> Oh man, or lack of magic. <laughs> or, yeah. Uh, well, he I did am. make a yacht disappear. <laughs> he did. He made a episode. yacht disappear. I mean, yeah. that might be my favorite uh, background joke: the c word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the yacht. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That show is clever. You know, That's even when Kitty Kitty gets the breast implants and she comes back and like <laughs> bought of these. Yeah. Up here, Michael. Up here, and her <laughs> nipples are pointing different ways. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, it's great. But it's anyways, that's that's my f- cool news for the week. I I read that. I have some other bits and pieces, but James, yeah. what do you have for us? Well, you know, while we're talking about uh, canceled shows coming back for movies, I want to know this this week there was some more news about the twenty four movie happening, and it's clearly it happening. And I want to know. I was never a twenty four guy. I want to know from you guys what you would want out of a twenty four movie. I, you know, honestly, I just want Jack Bauer kicking ass because I think um, I, I don't know. Brad might not agree with me. I actually thought the two-hour movie was pretty good. Um, that was all right. It's a, it's a good. It's more to me. It's like a, just a bridge. You know, it's it's another two hours. Yeah, two, two other episodes. But I, I think the character of Jack Bauer is now part of American 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 pop culture. He's a classic TV yeah. character. Yeah. So I, I think people really like him because you expect a certain thing from him. So, I mean, I read an interview with Kiefer, and he said, uh, like, I know him. <laughs> Kiefer. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's just because Mr. Sul- Sul- Sullivan is not as cool. Yeah. Um, he said that it actually takes place over a couple days, where it's not really, they're not constrained by any time. And he wanted to do that. I always thought it'd be cool if, um, in the first season, they talk about his um, covert op into Russia. I'd always thought it'd be cool if you saw a movie based on that, where... 
um, you know, some of his, he's the only guy who made it out alive. Oh, you mean Bosnia? And Bo- was it Bosnia? Yeah. Yeah, whatever it's one of Is it, uh, is he visually, uh, like, is he visibly older now than he was when oh, the show yeah. started? Yeah, that's yeah, what I yeah. thought. So you probably couldn't do... You couldn't, He's but... a grandfather in the storyline yeah. by the, end, by oh, the final season, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. well, I mean, how old is he now? Like, in real life, I think he's like 49 he's or something, like, is he? Yeah. He's close to being like... Maybe but he was sort of like, it, that show yeah, yeah. bridged a certain, a certain part of his life oh, when yeah. he was... The know. series takes over takes place over like it's eight seasons, but it takes place over like eleven. No, more than that years. because isn't the because between season one and two it's two years. Yeah, and then yeah. I think there's like four, two or three years Palmer after. Only his, does three years of his term, so. Yeah, but didn't he win two terms though? No, no, was it only one? He bowed out in the first one. Oh, that's right. I'd have to go back and watch yeah. them all again, yeah. but uh, but yeah, I mean it does. It's not. Eight years. It's you're right. Maybe eleven, twelve years. Because there's a there's another two year gap between like because he's in uh, China for like two years. Oh yeah, he is in, in prison China for two years. I moment literally Kiefer Sutherland's life where <laughs> yeah yeah no, he, I mean, he, he, he is. He was well, in a part of his older. life where he was getting older. Uh, I think so. But I then, mean anyway, back on track. I my the, the movie interest hinges on them because like yeah, Jack Bauer is a cool character, but. If it's a movie about twenty four, based on twenty four, there has to be some kind of time element to it for oh, me, yeah. for it to be interesting. Otherwise, it's just like it could easily be a John McClane movie or right. yeah, uh, whatever character Liam Neeson wasn't taken. That's, that's kind I, I, of I my think, question: Is that, that do you feel like that is so important that it needs to be there, or would a John McClane movie starring Jack Bauer be good enough? I think it'd be okay. You know, I, I guess yeah, I guess you're right. It but would I guess be special it if it had a time to element it. to it because that's what twenty four yeah. is. It's what it, sets it apart from. Yeah. other shows with you know an action hero it does add tension to the whole premise yeah. of the show where he has to get somewhere in a certain time and um but yeah no i think i mean i think it actually worked really well they should set up as a you know a planned franchise where you know not maybe not 24 hours because that would be if you did two hour movies that filled out 24 <laughs> hours that'd be like a lot of sequels. yeah you're asking for a lot there yeah but yeah i don't know maybe some kind of eight hour thing you know where you get four stories that add up to the you know big finale or something and the problem with that, i think with that is they don't know if the first one would do very well yeah that's the problem well, and the other thing is that part of my problem with 24 from the beginning was that there was so much uh, conceit in the idea that okay he's going to be awake and not pee for 24 hours like <laughs> um see it's a lot never of, a lot of people say that but if you actually watch a show sometimes but you don't see bauer forever i mean there's episodes where he's like at the beginning and then he's gone for like 30 40 minutes and he and Kiefer, when we went to uh, Comic Con, he actually joked about that. Right. He said, "Yeah, when you don't see me, I'm pissing and eating." And <laughs> I think they kind of addressed that in season seven because, like, I think Chloe and this other character like had this uh, argument in the bathroom, you know. Mm-hmm. So they ch- ch- kind of tried to bring it up, but it's it's a very out of twenty four hours, you like see it once, you know, out of the characters. So yeah, uh, but they try to address it. But yeah, it's it's a little unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's other. Elements in the show that are super unrealistic. The most unrealistic, I think, is you know getting across traffic in a certain amount of time in L.A. and New York. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, and for me, the 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 other part of that is that in that twenty four hours, a whole lot of things go wrong and complicate the story and make for you know all of these side stories that are going on. And this is as I understood it from like half of season one. But part of why I stopped watching was because like. Halfway through, I'm going, okay, on the same day that this terrorist stuff is happening, like, his his daughter gets kidnapped, and then his wife and his daughter are in a car will end on hell. I What I'm saying is, I think that they could do that time element, with, but with it, like, okay, this all takes place inside of 
three hours. You know, maybe there are a couple little time jumps in there, so you get the movie down to two, and then uh, so. You, but you still have that pressure element. But if it's on one big idea, then you don't have these sort of extraneous um, storylines that always sort of bog down the show. Yeah, but like getting chased by a cougar. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah like that's, that's, that's kind of weird but, shit I mean, that I hear but about. If you that, actually like, would stay with it, yeah, that all it comes together. together. It comes yeah. together. Yeah. Okay. There's reasons why that happens. Yeah, and and, and I mean, I've said I think 24 is one of the best written shows on TV. Um, as far as and and it act, the action between the acting of. Kiefer Sutherland, I mean, he's amazing in that show. And yeah, I mean, I think it could work, and I can't wait for one. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I want something... I'm sort of on the other side on this one from as the Arrested Development thing, where I want this to be something that will suck me in and, and you know, well, service me. Well, anytime you want to borrow the seasons, I have them all. It's all on, it's all on uh, Netflix. Is it? Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm busy. Uh Something else really big happened this week, as far as canceled televisions are concerned. Dude, he's sad. The Playboy Club was canceled after two weeks. Uh, yeah, two weeks. James. Yeah, the Playboy. The, well, yeah, this was the third episode. I didn't even watch this week's because I was like, yeah, this isn't. Well, this isn't it, good. it dropped in ratings. It got like a 1.0 rating, I think. Yeah. So week. my so favorite like, yeah, show, my favorite show of the fall, got canceled. But <laughs> Ryan's favorite show, Whitney, got picked up for a whole season. I know. So, can you believe that? Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> dude, have you ever? Do you watch an episode of that? I watched the previews. I'm just like. This dude, I watched really 10 minutes of it while I was waiting for Joe. Dude, the worst comedy I've ever seen on a uh, That's TV what it looked show. like from the commercials. Yeah, you don't need to watch it. Don't uh, ever watch it. It's a shame because I used to like Whitney Cummings. Uh, and Whitney Cummings was part of creating that Two Broke Girls show, which is not good, but is better than what I see from Whitney. Hmm. The show Whitney, not Whitney Cummings. Anyways. Um, yeah, so there are a bunch of stories this week about uh, pay cuts on The Simpsons and... Uh, you know, producers taking pay cuts and actors wanting little slices of future profits. But all at the very base of it, if you really dig in and you notice what they're saying, what they're saying is this week The Simpsons got canceled. Yeah. Well, because it takes a year to make the episodes. It does, yeah. And which is part of why it's, uh, you know, what's happening is they're, they're sort of renegotiating uh, contracts with the actors and with the producers for the next season if there's going to be a next season, because that is still in question. And Fox has pretty much made it clear at this point that if they go for a 24th season, I mean, a 24th season, that's how long the show has been going. If they go for a 24th season, it will be the last season. Yeah, uh, you know, I was actually reading an article on in The Hollywood Reporter, and it had a breakdown of Sunday night and what key demographic um, shows play in and number one was sunday night football obviously yeah um number uh two was family guy and so it's really overtaken that's depressing um, see i'm with people i think family guy is still really funny so i think it's really funny but i think it's it's so inane and stupid that it takes away from my enjoyment of the comedy well, but, yeah, but I mean, I, I still think it's I think it's more clever than The Simpsons are right now. Uh, I, w- it, I wouldn't disagree. I mean, what I was about to say was it, it's almost a shame to me, and I'm thinking about writing something about this. It's a shame to me that this show has gone on so long that it's going to die pathetic. Yeah, it's going to go out sort of flat, you know. And the truth is that it's very rare that a show ends in any kind of satisfying way. Um which I th- I find really interesting. I think it says something about uh, what it is that we're actually looking for out of television that, that we actually, the meat 
that we like is the stuff in the middle, is the stuff we look forward to every week, and that endings are just almost universally disappointing. I mean, every now and then there's one that people love, like MASH or or MASH. But <laughs> it's really rare that there's a, an ending that people enjoy, and Simpsons is going to get like, okay, well, the last ten seasons aren't very good, and then it dies, like... You know the show is huge. I the mean, last it's episode, extremely Maggie important. Turn two years old or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'll <laughs> well, be something like that. You know, because I guess if this is the last season, I think Fox should give them the uh, opportunity to produce a final episode. Yeah. And uh, does that really bother you that much? It's distracting you a lot. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's really loud. Um, I don't know. But they should allow them to make a couple last episodes so they can close The Simpsons how they want to. It, yeah. It, it, as you say that, it makes me think they should they should sign on for a 24th season uh, because Matt Groening and that whole production team have always been really smart about the way that they ran that show, especially back in the day. You know, their um, – uh, what was the name of the dog? Uh, Santa's Little Helper? No, no, no. Um, there's the episode where they where, – uh, Poochie? Poochie. Yes, Poochie. <laughs> right. Poochie was a direct response to Fox coming to them and saying, like, we want you to add a new character, somebody who's hip and young and fun. And then they made an episode making fun of what they were being told to do. Yeah. Uh, which is the kind of stuff we expect now from, like, the, from South Park. Um, but at the time, that was, you know, pretty groundbreaking. I want them to be told that they're giving their – that this is their last season so that they can put that kind of ingenuity and creativity into things like what if Maggie turned two – you know, yeah. if if we know this is the end, what can you do to remind us why the show was so important uh, and and break the rules that are part of what has made the show stagnant? You know, the fact that none of the characters can ever grow or change is part of why I think you, you, you run out of stories, you know? Yeah, I think that's, too, why Family Guy is more successful now, because they don't care what they put their characters in. Right. You know, they can have one where Stewie's older or... Whatever the case may be. And it doesn't matter because, I mean, in the season premiere of The Family Guy, Peter won the lottery. And at the end, they're just like, oh, he lost all his money. You know, it's just they can do those situations where The Simpsons are kind of constrained by the characters they've developed over the years. And, I mean, I think The Simpsons movie is the best The Simpsons have been in in years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. that movie is really funny. And And, uh, I'd love a sequel. Yeah, it would be. And it's – so you hope that they're uh, given the opportunity – to close the series out right. So I think you're right. I think a 24th season where each episode kind of addresses certain cliches that they have in this series. Yeah. You're right. Maggie turning to um, Bart, maybe getting an A in in school and moving (laughs) on to the fifth grade or something. You know what I mean? Just something different, you know, not Lisa feeling as an outsider. I mean, it is, uh, even if, even if all they were able to do with a final episode was something along the lines of what Seinfeld was able to do, which wasn't much. Um, or even better, maybe Everybody Loves Raymond, which I think had a pretty good final episode. Um, 24 did, too. Uh, and did, did 24 know it was its final yeah. episode? I thought so. They totally set uh, it up for like, the movie. <laughs> like six or eight weeks in only, yeah. though. Oh, okay. But they, they, they started they... out thinking they were going to go oh, okay. to the next season, but, but um, yeah, cut but, it off. But yeah, even if, even if they were only given that kind of a, a final episode, that would still be good enough. I would hate for it to just end, you know? Yeah. Because the truth is, it's, a, it's an immensely important show in the history of television. Oh, easy. Um, you know what kind of blows my mind, though, is that, you know, Simpsons is celebrated for its longevity. Um, 
it's crazy to think that South Park is actually not that far behind it. No, it's 15th no. season right now. It's yeah. crazy. And in the second half of its 15th season, so it's almost to its 16th, which is only... And it's it's also growing a little stagnant, some people would say. there. I mean, part of that is because recently Trey Parker and Matt Stone have been busy with other things, the Book of Mormon, for example. But, uh, I mean, I watched... Uh, it came back this week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch this week's, but I think I watched almost all of last season. And it felt like one that was sort of hit and miss, you know. There were some episodes that were great, and then there were some episodes like uh, like the Inception episode that was very, like, okay, we, we know these jokes. This is, it's really obvious you're not... Um, you're not being edgy in the way that we expect from South Park, but... Uh, yeah, I did read an interview with them in my new uh, Entertainment Weekly, and they said, you know, because a lot of people thought the end of the show was happening last uh, half season where they said, everything gets old and everything sounds like shit after a while. And uh, <laughs> I was reading an interview with them, but they said, yeah, we were just saying that things sound like shit after a while. We weren't really saying that a show's ending. Yeah. And so they said they didn't expect that big of a response to that episode and that's why the second half of the season started with this episode is because they felt like they had to address it because people were just saying oh my gosh you're gonna end south park and whatever the case may be and they said no and i they have their um top episodes and their least favorite their least favorite is the one with oprah and i tend to agree like i don't mind the parts with tally but really you have to have her talking vagina oh that's funny so yeah, it's also a cheaper show to produce. So oh, yeah. it could ease like it's not unrealistic to think that, you know, it could dethrone The Simpsons as the longest running primetime animated program. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, you know, that show's not I the things the things that are important and historic about The Simpsons have nothing to do with how long it's been running. They have to do with the fact that that show fostered an entire generation of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um and and paved the way for a lot of the you know, adult cartoon kinds of shows that we have now. Um, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't trying to talk that much about it. I was just trying to end cap it, so. Yeah. No, you're fine. Probably like the half hour mark. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we're good. We're good. I mean, Sierra's not going to listen to this episode anyway. All right, the last big piece of news. Well, I guess I got one little bit. But, uh, so, Cinemark, which is where, when we're in Belmar, when we're up at Ryan and Laura's, where we see our movies, is not going to be showing Tower Heist. Uh, and the reason is because... I saw a poster there, though. Yeah. They, yeah, they had a poster at our theater for a movie they will not be showing. And they're not showing it because... Um, uh, what company is it? It's uh, Universal. Universal is decided to... Three weeks after the movie releases, they're going to um, release it on video on demand for $69 or just 69 $69. $69. You can buy... Uh, Tower Heist on your TV and watch it with your family at home. Uh, and one because time. one time, yeah, one time. Uh, and the reason is because <laughs> well, I mean, if you were sixty nine bucks, the the you idea is if you 69. were uh, a family of like five, you know, two two parents, three kids. That's how math works. Because um, it sounds like a family film. Well, right there, right there, that's fifty bucks, and then well, I, I don't know. It's it's got like it's family. It's like a family film, like I don't know, Night at the Museum is. I would think, with the exception of that scene where the black chick wants to have sex with Eddie Murphy. Okay, so maybe it's not a family movie. <laughs> uh, but, but dude, no, anyway. but think of this way: you can have a tower heist party at your house. Dude, invite twenty of your friends over. Only charge them three bucks. Dude, you come over to my place to watch Tower Heist on Saturday night. <laughs> totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they're testing out this whole idea that people will do exactly what we're talking about with perhaps a better movie. Um, but Cinemark is 
not going to play ball with that, and so they're not. And they're the the uh, according to the article, they're the third largest uh, theater chain in the nation. Um, it's kind of a big deal, but I don't really think this is going to take off. No, especially um, with a movie like Tower Heist, as telling James, yeah. maybe it was like Spider Man or Puss in Boots, uh, a sh- yeah. uh, something that families want to see. Yeah. That I can see where may- maybe it will work. But so your cable bill's already ninety bucks. You're gonna add sixty more dollars to it to watch one movie once. Yeah, that's the like actual most interesting thing about this story. Is that in the comments on Slash Film? There's a really great conversation between a, a, a man named Leon, Leo Fleming and a gentleman who refers to himself as "Suck My Dick Dances with Wolves," <laughs> who uh, really doesn't like um, uh, what's his name, Brett Guy Ratner. Who, Brett Ratner. He, <laughs> he "Suck My Dick him. Dances with Wolves" doesn't like Brett Ratner, uh, but Leo Fleming thinks that he is inoffensive. And then the two of them yell at each other for a while, and that's the most interesting thing about this article. <laughs> Uh, and the last thing is that uh, the people who wrote Toy Story are going to make a new movie, and it will be based on Farmville. And that is the stupidest thing I have heard since a Point Break remake. And that's everything <laughs> that we have in news this week. Sweet. <laughs> I've got one piece of news. Oh, and Actually, nice. it's more like a thank you. I'd like to express gratitude to Steve Jobs for reinventing the world for us. Ah, uh, He didn't do that. Uh, but... He, yeah, it, I mean, it is it is really a shame. Uh, Steve Jobs is he was really smart and did a lot. I don't want to make it news because like I don't know who hasn't heard about it yet. But yeah, no, it's Some, not. Someone's I know downloaded was, real news nerds. And oh my said, god, what? Steve happened? Jobs is dead. It was yeah, it was one of those things. Like it was the biggest thing that happened this week, but is not really related to movies other than before the podcast we talked about. Well, Sony Sony bought the Pixar rights to his yeah, but. I mean, George Lucas is really the guy who created Pixar. Um, not anyway. Um, Pixar was thanking Steve Jobs left and right. So <laughs> they were. They were. Yeah. I mean, he was really involved. But I didn't say he I created don't, Pixar. Just but he, you know, him. he's yeah. very innovative. And I mean, yeah, he was. A, he was a, the reason we're on. Where right? able people are able to listen to us is iTunes. Yeah. And oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. We have our show because I just I just hated his podcasts. war on buttons. So uh, both. Because he wore sweaters all the time, and because he took buttons off of every electronic device that exists now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that guy. In, in, in all, in all honesty, button. I know I'm being flip. I mean, I, I, I did really like the guy, sort of, and and it's a shame. Uh, God, James got off his dick. <laughs> what have you been watching this week? Sweet. What have we been watching? Actually, me and Brad. I guess we could start it off. We're gonna do that for this. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about uh, you guys' uh, date night that you left uh, me out. Tucker of. and Dell versus Evil. And uh, was it good? It was. I, I thought it was I kind of funny it. because um, for people who don't know, because it's really limited release, it's basically turning the uh, crazy Hicks story from in horror movies to the rednecks point of view. Kind of like that movie Creature we saw. Yeah, it actually. <laughs> there's five a, minutes in the movie. Yeah. I'm commenting that the opening sequence, uh, not credit sequence, but actual like character plot is almost identical to Creature. They go into where they like walk into the like a gas, van, station, gas station, drive yeah. into a gas station, meet up Fuck with the yes. hillbillies, have a oh. over the counter interaction. Yep. Like where's the beer? Yeah. <laughs> no way. <laughs> For real. But the funny they, part is sorry. They screw ahead. around with some objects like, "Oh, look at this." And <laughs> yeah. The funny oh, part is man. the kids in this are douches and you're supposed to hate them. Yeah. And um Dell and Tucker are like the funniest like go lucky guys, but uh through the first half of the movie Every time you saw him, 
they would um Dell and Tucker would give like these weird looks when they passed the kids on the road. Like uh Dale would be holding was it Tucker who was the fat it was Dale. Tucker was the driver. Yeah. So <laughs> he would be holding a beer and looking uh really stoic and like crazy and the music would be like and say so pass him and every time they would show uh shots of him it'd be like really low sh- angle shots they look like really big and scary and <laughs> it was it was really ridiculous but it was really funny and did you mention uh alan tudyk is it yeah, yeah. he's tucker he's tucker yeah and, and that other guy that i've seen but i don't know his name yeah so um alan tudyk. me and brad got a kick out of it because it, it did t- take a horror staple and really turn it another way yeah they finally presented a different so it's fresh that genre. yeah let me have you ever, you've, like i think most recent horror movies that i've seen the protagonist kids who are getting hunted by the slasher aren't entirely likable. Yeah. Like they're liking they, creature. Yeah. 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 They're, a lot of them are douchebags, but they're still <laughs> the heroes of the movie. Right. And this one finally flips it on and kind of presents like shows how idiotic and moronic these. Right. I use the same <laughs> yeah. word twice. Uh, and yeah, it shows just how ridiculous and stupid these heroes actually are. And they well, take the typical villain and make them the, naive here yeah and, and like right away the biggest douchebag on it his collars popped yeah and he's he thinks he's, it's you'd have to see i can't do it justice by describing it but one of my friends from work saw it yesterday uh-huh. and she even pointed out uh like one of the girls who's part of the teenagers group is constantly saying guys let's just go <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's stay here why are we hanging around yeah it was yeah it was a, a zany movie it's definitely a movie i have to see over and over again because there's so many in jokes in it and right. like when the girl falls in the lake and they save her and they're like hey we got your friend and they all like oh my god they're gonna kill her and they run away it's and they say, why are they running away there's tons of jokes that are set up early and then pay off later which i think yeah is missing from a lot of yeah so it was comedy good movie pretty, yeah, yeah. Look, you're you're half redneck or now half hillbilly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you that. It's yeah, there's this there's this side plot. That yeah, kinda, it's pretty funny. Yeah, builds up the ultimate villain and it's just yeah. Uh, how how gory is the movie? Because based uh, on the it's trailers, pretty, it's that's pretty what, gory. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Because it, it, it looked like it had one of those, you know, because there are those few scenes in like Shaun of the Dead where all of a sudden it goes yeah. really gore, and I even Hot like Fuzz. That, yeah. where, I didn't but this half even looks like still be heavy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the dude who's in the wood chipper, they pull out. I'm like, wow, who knew half a body would still be so heavy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah, I definitely go see Tucker and Dell. And we were saying, how in the fuck did Creature get a wide release? And this is playing. Very limited in little theaters. It's beyond me. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I was listening to the Doug Benson podcast, and there uh-huh. were some people, or Leonard Malton was uh, actually trying to promote the movie. Really? Um, oh. he, he thought it was really great, and uh, he said that the, the marketing departments didn't know what to do with the movie. I was actually surprised. Like, mm. it seems very straightforward that you just market it like a slasher movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seemed like it was marketed, for, like, from the trailers that I saw, it seemed like it was... It, like Shaun of the Dead pretty well fun. Yeah. it's a comedy horror hybrid yeah, in America I don't know why they didn't just well, yeah. um, emulate that but, but I agree yeah. and it's not uh, and it actually sat on the shelf for like a year yep so. there's no information here on how much it cost it could just have, have been that but probably yeah, so that, was, uh, that was fun yeah. um, so that's what we watched that's what we watched I also watched a movie that I 
kind of embarrassed. <laughs> I've never saw before. And I only decided to pick it up because I was reading an interview with Brad Pitt and it was True Romance. Oh, shit. You've never seen I've True never Romance I've never seen before? True Romance. Oh, my God. Either. Oh, my God. And it's actually pretty good. There's a romance in the title. It, yeah, ah. but uh, it, it, it's so bizarre. It's uh, it's a Tarantino movie. He wrote it, but yeah, it wasn't it was shot his, by him. It was his first script. But it still has those moments. I think my favorite character in it is um, Christopher Walken, but he's only in one scene um, yeah, in the whole pretty movie. Pretty much, yeah. And that, like that one scene. Yeah, like Pulp Fiction. Um, but it's a great scene, and uh, I really liked... Uh, Val Kilmer plays Elvis in it in a way you wouldn't expect him to be Elvis. Yeah. Because I, I even um, – and it's so ironic because I wanted to see the movie and I read the interview with Brad Pitt how he said he liked the character that he portrayed in it. And he's only in it too for like five minutes. But yeah. um, So I went to Best Buy and it was on sale for like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, Did you get it on Blu-ray? No. Oh, the Blu-ray is beautiful. But like the the case wasn't as cool, so I didn't get it on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray was like twenty bucks. More. Oh, did you get that super that yeah. really nice looking DVD? Yeah, oh out. man, it kills yeah, me. Yeah, folds they didn't out. Make that. Warner Brothers foldouts that they don't do anymore. Oh, that's yeah. so good. So the movie's really cool, and the only thing the only thing I really had a problem with it was Hans Zimmer did the score, and it was a little goofy. Yeah, the score is not the best part, but I will say this: I think it's the best on-screen romance maybe that I've ever seen. I think it's that the chemistry cute. between. Uh, Patricia Arquette and um, Christian Slater is really one of the best romances. They're one of the and best. And Dennis couples. Hopper's great in that movie. Oh, he has that scene. I, I've posted that scene on um, when I did my my top ten villains article. I posted that yeah. scene that Dennis Hopper has where he talks about the origin of the Sicilians, which That's, I won't spoil since yeah, Brad hasn't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I'll it's, let you borrow it. It's pretty it's funny. It's amazing. So um, that whole uh, exchange between the two was great. Oh um, yeah, it's really. And it's, Gary Oldman playing like a black white guy in it. It's it, it, only a character you'd seen in a Tarantino movie, and he's funny as hell. I saw the movie for the first time a couple of years ago, and then it wasn't until recently, uh, a little bit before I bought the Blu-ray, like a year ago, uh, that I just sort of fell in love with that movie and have been in love with that movie for the past year. Like I, when I want to clean the house or. You know, just have a movie on in the background. I put that movie on, and then uh-huh. I n- I don't get anything done because it's just it's amazing. I, you know, I am one of, you know, everyone at this point who really can't decide which Tarantino movie is his favorite. But True Romance, some days True Romance is my favorite Tarantino movie. It is good. I sh- um, you should check it out. And directed by Tony Scott, probably but, Tony Scott's best movie. Yeah, because it doesn't have that goofy Tony Scott. The fast cuts. Yeah, the goofy well, cuts. Well, and he it's. Did. It's from a time, it's from a time when Tony Scott was sort of in fashion. Yeah, I, I've heard it described that Ridley Scott is the brother who is always a little ahead of his time. Like the worst thing about his mov- movies are when they overreach because he can't quite do something the way he wants to. And Tony Scott is the guy who's always still sort of a cu- like a, a commercial director. You know, he does these fast cuts and everything feels too intense and too yeah purposeful. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it it's a great movie. It yeah. is. And we should say, like, the, the basic plot is that... No, we shouldn't. No, no it, it's, it's just you got to see it. It's yeah. amazing. It's, it's really... hard to describe. It's it's a it's a romantic movie that's super violent. Sweet. Yeah. With lots of gunshots and stuff. Oh, man. What did you watch this week, James? Oh, um... Well, I've been watching a whole lot of DS9. Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. And I'm, like, almost through the first season and didn't start it until Sunday. So I've been watching a whole lot of DS9, uh, which is great. 
I, I really feel like if I can get through the the season in the middle that when the show was on made me stop watching that show, it it might end up being my favorite Star Trek show. Mostly because it's a more character-based Star Trek show. Uh, people's problems are not... Well, for one thing, characters in that show have problems from the very beginning, uh, whereas like in, in Next Generation, it's a much more pristine look at the future. Whereas it's more explorative, whereas DS Nine is more political. Right. Yeah. But but I think it's it's the little things like the uh, DS Nine starts with you learning that Cisco, the, the captain, his wife dies in a t- in an attack by the Borg, and he sort of he doesn't let her die. He just can't save her, um, and so he's he's scarred from the beginning. And while I think at a certain point, uh, especially because of uh, the incident with the Borg in Next Generation. Captain Picard sort of gets that, but he's never the flawed character that I... I, I'm more interested in in Cisco because of the flaws, whereas Picard is like, you know, he's great, but... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, he always has the right answer. Um, Except for the Borg. (laughs) Right, except for the Borg. about the Borg. Uh, Anyway, so that's been great. Uh, I also finally watched my Netflix movie, My Neighbor Totoro, which I had never seen before uh, and have had in my room for a month and a half. Because I'm going to cancel Quickster. Um, but uh, it, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And so maybe it was a little overhyped. Uh, and I will say the movie is beautiful. And it's a um, it's a quiet, sort of subtle story. But at the same time, I don't think that it ever... I don't think it ever really hit me. It never felt like... Like something that's gonna stay with me the way that I thought that it should. Do you understand what I'm saying? You've I've seen, never seen you, it, so. Oh, you were looking at me and nodding like you had seen it. So. No, I'm, I was just excited that you finally, because you've been talking yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, that being said, like it was good, but it wasn't, you know, special. Uh, you know, it's not something I'm going it didn't to stay with you. Yeah. Right, exactly. And the story is, it's it's well acted. It's the voice acting is is good, and but. It's not, it's not perfect. It's not what I wanted. Um, but then the third thing I really want to talk about when Ryan's here and he's on the phone. Yeah, so someone's we'll, been calling him yeah. over and over again, and it's like sounds after like midnight. Sounds like something's wrong. So we'll we'll kill some time. I'm gonna eat some candy. Some I'm Halloween some candy. candy. We're getting close yeah. to that time. We are. I guess we can kill some time by. Uh, Do you want some candy know. bread? Do you want an almond joy? No, I had one earlier. Okay. Do you like almond joys? I do. Oh. They, they got I feel like and almonds and uh, chocolate. I don't think I've ever actually eaten an almond joy, but I don't think I'd like one, so I've never. I think that's why I've never tried one. Come on, James, jump! Try try something new. Uh, all right, all right. For the if sake, you don't like for the it, sake you don't have of, to eat it again. No, for the sake of our listeners, I'll. Uh, here, I'll try to open it away from. Don't, the mic. don't stuff your mouth too much though, because I want to ask you with Halloween coming up. Uh, I don't think you've done a Halloween podcast with us, so. Uh, you guys do a, a special Halloween podcast. Well, no, I mean, no, but it, why, why? I was going to ask you if you had, like, uh, favorite horror movies, but I don't think you do because it's well, not really your thing. I mean, I guess like I... Like, Ryan likes Friday the 13th. Well, he likes a lot of horror movies. I'm just more of Saw and Friday the 13th, but... Yeah, like, those ones, like the slasher movies, I don't care as much about. I enjoy... I'd have to look at it. They're good, scary, like, what I would consider horror movies that I like. Um... Yeah, I, I I really love Drag Me to Hell. Any of the ones that are, I don't know. Um, the truth is, for me, the things that yeah. are really scary are like 
Zodiac is one of those movies that I've seen a dozen times at this point. But I still like if I find myself watching that on TV late at night, I, it'll it'll scare the piss out of me. It's funny you said that because I actually just watched it for like, the first well, time. Part I think the last half hour oh, yeah? for the first time, and I was I, I wasn't sure how to follow it. But um, so you you haven't seen the movie all the way through? No. Oh, you need but to go back and watch it. With yeah, because then that that's a movie that sort of changes directions halfway through where. The part you saw is mostly about this guy who's really enamored with the story. Sorry, I'm getting a lot of... Yeah. I saw the middle, like, Mark Ruffalo was the detective, and then by yeah. the end, Jake Gyllenhaal is, like, the movie's focused on his story. Well, the movie's always focused on Jake Gyllenhaal, but early on, the movie is more interested in sort of being more historical, where it, it, it's... Jake Gyllenhaal, his... he looks like Tobey Maguire. Yeah, 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 It's more focused on, like, uh, the events of the murders... But then the second half is where... Are we talking about Jake, Zodiac? Yeah. Love that movie. He gets sort of obsessed with this thing, and then... And it, it sort of becomes slower and more like a, um, a David Fincher movie at that point. Uh, you should watch it all the way through. I can RDJ's awesome in it. Everybody's awesome in that movie. It's really... It's one of my favorite uh, Fincher movies at this point. Uh, and terrifying. I mean, really... <laughs> When when the McPoyle brother shows up at the end of that movie, which you don't understand that because you don't you don't watch It's Always Sunny, but when the McPoyle brother shows up at the end of that movie and points to the brother from uh, from uh, the Drew Carey show, uh, it just it terrifies me. It just scares the shit out of me in ways that normal horror movies like the Halloweens just don't even touch. Um, Little known fact: uh, back in like two thousand two, two thousand three, Andy Quirk and I actually tried to make our own movie about the Zodiac Killer. Really? And uh, we filmed it, because he said the Zodiac Killer had like a black box head mask that he wore. At least that's what Andy like said. I didn't know anything about it, but it was like Andy's, like Andy wanted to adapt it, so we did some test shots of Andy standing out on my deck with like the deck light on, and then Adam is the main character sitting in the apartment talking on a phone, no, and he would... That. What? No, no, this is already scaring me. Because they're, yeah. <laughs> so you're watching the Adam in the foreground talking on the phone in the background with the lit up deck through the windows. Adam would walk in front of the door with the glass and there'd be nothing there. Then he'd walk back into the hallway where the wall would cover it up and then he'd come back out and then the Zodiac killer would be standing there and then he'd pass away. And like, that was the best we could do. It's, you've seen that kind of effect shot in movies a lot, but we tried to Im uh, mimic it and didn't go anywhere with it. I don't think you saw early enough in the movie to see the scene where the Zodiac is wearing that hood, did you? No. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And I can't tell you too much, but I will say uh, years ago when CG was not quite good enough and uh, and it was being used too much, I used that movie as a good example of where subtle CG was able to do something that we couldn't we, we couldn't have done before and make things very scary there is basically there's a cg knife and and they didn't need to do it in cg but because they did that oh it's it it shakes you um anyway that's enough of our interlude so the, the speaking of horror though this week uh american horror story premiered on fx did either of you guys get a chance to I see i wanted it? to is it good <sighs> yes i, I think you should goofy. check it out but like scary goofy. Yeah, it's sort of like I I I heard it compared to uh, Twin Peaks, where there's there's sort of just weird shit happening, and you don't really understand why all the time, and that's part of what sets you on edge. 
Uh, and the way that it's edited, it'll it'll squeeze up time all of a sudden. Where I think I think like a month may pass in the first episode or something like that because uh, there's little there's sort of a subplot in the first episode that goes by so fast that um, it it doesn't give you a chance to really grab a hold of it, and that makes you even less uh, comfortable with the things that are happening. It's really good. It's a lot of the tropes that we've seen. You know, it's it's a haunted house. It's dealing with sort of a family issue. It, it's there's a lot of parallels between it and The Shining, um, but it's done on a TV budget really well uh, in a way that it's it's is scary and yet those main characters you like them in the way that you do in well you should in in like a The Shining or something like that where at the core is this family issue and these people and then bad things are happening to them um that said like it's the kind of show that I will keep watching but I won't look forward to and I mean that should say something about how scary I think that it it is or can be um there are a few elements that I think are going to be fucking weird and that I hope they don't spend too much time on the the rubber suit for example anybody who watched it uh, or if you guys get a chance to check it out, well, I saw the ad where yeah. it's like the black rubber suit guy. Yeah, the black rubber suit is is maybe is like the one weird element that I don't I I don't like. But other than that, it's great, and you should check it out. Uh, and that's what I've been watching. Nice, sweet. So we're gonna go ahead and get in to right. the. Was there anything else you watched? Oh, did you watch anything else? Sorry, buddy. Uh, like I was trying to. I think it was the Zodiac as well. I was I was sitting there mm. trying to think of something. I felt like I watched something. Cool, so we got our new Other than Tucker and Dale, and I think that's what it was. So oh, okay. it might nice. be something else, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Save it for next week. Yeah. Um, so we'll get into the review of Real Steel. Should people see robots fighting? I don't know. Brad? I liked it. Uh, to me, is actually the biggest surprise movie I've seen this year. All right, then I'm going to say no. People should not see robots fighting. Wow. Okay. Because I'm going to pick a fight. Uh, well, let's play the trailer and let them yeah, decide. Yeah, see, here, here are the trailer. Charlie, where is my money? Buddy, I got your money. It's right here. Oh, good. But Charlie, you're uh, losing your belt. Wait, Charlie, hey. I can't hear what you're saying. What was he like? As a boxer? Charlie was the top contender number two in the world. Then the fight game changed. With you. No, you're not. I'm either coming with you or you're fishing for your keys in the sewer. Oh my god, that was close. Stop. Whoa! Stubborn kid. This ain't a video game. This is for real. <laughs> Let's make some money! <laughs> I just need a little loan. As much as I like you, dude, you're a bad bet, brother. Give it up, Charlie. You got nothing left. What are we looking for? Anything I could use to put a fighting robot together. I think there's a whole robot in there. Never seen anything like it before. Can we get him a fight? He's a sparring bot, built to take a lot of hits, but never dishing out any real punishment. His name is Adam. Get him a fight. I know you're bringing him home in pieces, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa! He's smaller and weaker. He's gonna get his ass kicked. I need you to 
just hit you in the box. Are you kidding me? You know this fight game inside and out. It needs your moves, your commands. I, I can't, I can't. Yes, you can. And I know I've done all kinds of wrong by this kid. I just like to do one thing right. Right uppercut! Great fight, fellas. Remember this name, Adam. Adam! This spot is one to watch. I'm trying to see a better side to you here, Charlie. It's not easy. So, I think it's one of the biggest surprises as far as good movies of the year. Um, and I, I read about it. I didn't know it was such an involved father and son story. And I was surprised at how much I liked this movie. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a cute story. I thought... Uh, I mean, of course, some people might not like the uh, goofy... You know, they're forcing you to... The, you know, Hugh Jackman's a jerk, and he doesn't want anything to do with his son, but eventually he warms up to his son, and uh, I thought it was really cool. And, the, like, the robots were cool. And both like, of you are looking are. at me are like you I'm... for an, me to go, James? Yeah, you people are looking at me no, like no, I'm no, an no. asshole. I want to give... No, no, not at all. I wanted to give Ryan enough time. Opinion. I uh, but I didn't think it'd have as much heart as it did. And, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I thought it was really touching at the end when... His son looked over and he saw his dad boxing and he was crying and stuff. I thought it was touching, and I really enjoyed it. Um, Brad, because James I, looked at me like I'm a piece of shit. I <laughs> am not. That's not at all. Brad, uh, James has no heart at all. Ah. Brad, even though his last name is Hart, I know. But. Be James well, Blackheart. Hart the deer, not Hart the um, organ. Anyway, mm. yeah, I w- I was surprised too. Like I thought this would be a cliche father and son. Uh, special effects extravaganza I, I thought it was just gonna be i was gonna be bored and like expecting like seeing things coming a mile away and uh i was impressed like i felt like every time there's a dramatic moment it was called together from a dozen other you know heartfelt family uh father and son scripts that aren't based on robots like i felt like all the dialogue was just pulled out of all these other movies and then rehashed and whenever there is a dramatic moment all the characters are actually saying to each other is like i don't know i just i feel like you know uh you know what i'm trying to say kid you know and actually not saying anything at all even though two minutes have gone by (laughs) so most of the dramatic parts i was just kind of sitting there bored and rolling my eyes because it's like i've seen this before you know Hugh Jackman's doing a great job selling it and the kids reacting pretty well but at the same time like I've seen this play out before it's nothing new but when what movies bu- have you seen it in before I'm sorry I didn't mean to ask. I'm just curious I well, it's I mean, boom it's, lawyered I'm just kidding <laughs> keep on going I'm sorry it was t- it's, an it's hour rocky, ago I haven't thought about that hard I, yeah. I, I just feel it I've seen a lot of movies it just mm-hmm. seems familiar um, absolutely but whenever the robot like I was blown away I also thought the CGI was going to be terrible but actually, a lot of the scenes, I felt like they actually had robots in the room with them. Mm-hmm. It was that good. I was really impressed. Like it wasn't because sometimes in Transformers, it feels like very flat on the screen. But I, almost every scene in here, I felt like the robots were actually 
physically in the real world with everybody. It was I great. I, I so, felt that they had like weight to them. Yeah, you know, I I absolutely agree with everything you guys have said so far. <laughs> Except, oh, here we go. Oh shit! <laughs> like, I I agree with everything you said for seventy percent of this movie. Like the f- the first half, especially when they're setting up, you know, yeah, from the trailer, like you knew it was going to be this father son thing, and it seemed really cliche. But when you meet Hugh Jackman, especially the scenes where Hugh Jackman's character uh, Charlie meets his son, and you realize just what a dick he is. Like he is so bad. Like you want you. Uh, you want the son to say, like, you are a shitty father, mm-hmm. you know? And you want him to say it like that. Um, that was amazing. Like, I did not expect to relate to this movie. Well, not relate to this movie. I didn't <laughs> have a say, shitty father. So I mean, that's a pretty cool guy. I didn't want to <laughs> be as involved. I didn't expect to be as involved in those characters as I was. And I thought it was really fresh. And I thought it was a, a sort of a turn that, especially uh, the marketing is probably part of why it's so smart, that I think they intentionally sold it as something that was going to be very obvious and then when there was so much more depth to it like it it was new and even though there there were scenes from the trailer that I knew or the, you know lines of dialogue from the trailer that I knew but then in the context of the movie were almost the opposite of what I thought you know what I thought that character was saying in the trailer um but and and yeah the CG is great the the boxing is great they um it's not just CG robots they also obviously built like mm-hmm. practical robots that then they CG stuff on top of so that people could re- interact with them. Um, but there's two things that bug me about this movie. First of all, when it comes to the end, when it comes to sort of everything involved in the last fight where he has to fight... Is it the remote like, control? Thing? No. Oh. It's, it, it actually, the, the second thing has to do with the remote control. I was going to say, control. that bugged me is that it took so long for them to figure out to stop using the remote control. Right. I, was um, just, like, I know this is how this is going to win the battle. Just get to it already. Right. Yes, exactly. As far as I'm concerned, this movie creates a lot of goodwill and throws a lot of balls up in the air and then fails to catch all of them. Like, the last third, the third act of this movie where they have to fight the big bad guy is... All of the corny, cliche, predictable stuff that I was afraid of, it it doesn't earn it, it it works so hard to earn great moments early on that then when the big stuff happens it just feels like like just messy. Um and a big part of that is the remote control thing. They never explain you know, like in Rocky, which is the most clear parallel, because mm-hmm. this is a robot where like you, you can take all it like the first Rocky. Well, yeah, 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 it does. It ends like the first Rocky. Um, But it doesn't have the heart that that has, because part of it is you understand fully what is special about Rocky. Like, you know, he's 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 got all this heart and he's not a he's not fast. He's not strong, but he can take punches. And that's where we get all this inspiration, Mm -hmm. just like the sparring bot. But there's like these weird moments where they act like he's. He's special in these ways that you're not... I like don't relate sentient, to. Yeah. yeah, like the thing with him being slightly sentient that I just... It doesn't set up very well. And and I know that how the way it's going to end is that the dad is going to, like, control with his body this robot, and that's how they're going to win. And I thought, like, that's so cool. And the fact that they don't think of that until so... Like, I thought when they went into that fight, they were going to have set up a thing of, you know, like a camera so that... The, so that uh, Adam could watch him 
do the boxing, and that's how they would do the boxing. And I thought that's that's going to be so powerful and so good. And then they just sort of it, it, it becomes paint by numbers. Like yeah, like that's the point of the movie where it it becomes obvious to me that this is a Sean Levy movie. You know, this is a, a movie. Sean Levy's the guy who made like. He made the the Night at the Museum movies, but then before that he made, like, Cheaper by the Dozen and garbage like that. That's just this telegraphed family stuff that's not... There's no subtlety to it at all, you know? So at the end of the movie, when people are crying, I'm just going... No, I, I don't know. It just doesn't connect with me at all. But that's... And that's what kills me about it. Like, that's why I hate it so much, is that I agree with you so much on the first half of this movie. Like, I loved it. And then... I didn't anymore, and I can't. I can't reconcile those two things. Oh, <laughs> see, but to me, uh, I think they they set it up actually really well. I mean, you knew that his dad was going to be the one who's fighting, but why would they have a camera to watch him? Because that's obvious. Like I <laughs> know that that's obvious. But you know? he only mimics movements, so if the right. people have seen him, I don't know. But, to, but, to but me, when it happens, like Adam has to be watching him from off the side, and somehow um, know. I think you're too cynical. Um, because no. <laughs> to me, uh, seeing like to see to me that's moving because he's um, the kid finally got to see his dad box when he he fell in love with his dad that his dad went toe to toe with the number one contender in the world and that his dad actually got to fight the number one robot in the world is an opportunity he never got it's, because it's not Adam fighting the ro- uh, Zeus it's his father fighting Zeus I know and I, that's but that sounds great to me just, but as I an audience heard... like you've already you're you've already seen it coming like you, right you saw it maybe half an hour ago like that's where it's going so it just takes too long to like well manifest yeah, but, what part your expectations of it is, are part of it is is that it jumps from like okay they're making this comeback and they're you know I I got more emotional about the scenes early on when they're like fighting in you know fighting the Mohawk dude and things like that. Uh, than I did at the end because it feels like they just jump from uh, the entry level fight to now we're gonna fight this undefeat like they they made the bad guy at the end so undefeatable and so insane that they would win that then it feels forced and move and like you know crummy family movie ending for him to actually win you know um, I think if well it were, if you actually watch the boxing match the bad robot did win the fight. Because no, he, I know. But, <laughs> he, knocked but he, that, won, he knocked Adam down five times. I'm just saying. Yeah, but that wasn't like and the honestly, two rounds. Honestly, Adam when, won with the, the kid, last two. When the kid announces, like, I want to fight Zeus. I wanted Zeus to win, and I mean really win. I wanted Zeus to fucking beat the shit out of Adam, and for those, and for the the mother, the father and son to like. But what be, what did they learn then? Be, because the whole point is the son is redeeming his father throughout the whole movie. His his son is the one who's pushing him to be a better person, but and I I think that I don't know I I mean because they they made the bad guys so powerful that I I didn't want them to to do exactly what they did to force this idea that oh Adam's just so tough because they never really explain why like if yeah, if, they if they this said he's old a sparring sp- bot so he can take but, a lot of punishment okay but if <laughs> if he's if he if as a sparring robot he could take a lot of punishment why didn't they just always make robots like that yeah that's what I was gonna say is. Why aren't like he's an old robot? The technology's yeah. been around. Like why? Like the they the, can't be the only special, ones who thought of using a sparring bot. What should have been special about Adam from the beginning was from the beginning they should have used that like oh he mimics movement thing to have the dad always be controlling 
the robot. So that then what's special is this human element in a robot that then is able to but take But he does have a human element in the robot because, remember, he trained the robot to fight like him. But that's it's too impersonal. It feels too much like... Um, like, why wouldn't all of the other... Ro- it, 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 I don't think it ever really makes that connection. It's not a technology uh, that they even created. Like, they early on set up that shadow element is, like, built into these robots. Right. It's like anyone else could have picked up another sparring robot, but instead, I guess, the rest of the league is too focused on just programming moves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it... Um, I don't know. I... I really wanted to love this movie, especially, like I said, those first sections where you, you're you seeing this struggle between this father and son, and, and even when they did something corny like have a character stand on a cliff and go, oh man, this is a really high cliff, if you fell, it'd be really bad, and then the, cliff, the character falls, which is like, it's a ballsy thing to do to be like, hey, we're doing something really predictable, and and have the character say like this is going to be really predictable, and then have that predictable thing happen. It's a ballsy move, and yet I was okay with that scene. Uh, so Where then to have it just jump? sort of, I don't did know. You that? <laughs> what did you, that cliff? It was just, it's so no one could steal the robot. Someone parts. built a huge junkyard. <laughs> oh, on it the was edge the biggest a, cliff in the world. world yeah, <laughs> it was like a was quarry like, built inside of a quarry. <laughs> I think that junkyard is built on, on the edge of the Grand, Grand Canyon. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> who knows. It is the future yeah, of 15 years from now. And that, was, that was another thing. I love the future that they create. Because the future is like, you know, it's a few years, well, you know, it's like 10 years from now. Uh, and it, it feels very modern, but then every now and then there's just little things that remind you that gets the future and that Sprint is, you know, the number one. Which that was the other, the product placement. Is NHP does a lot of the devices. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just... I feel like if I were 10, I would love this movie. Well, I'm 30 and I love the movie. <laughs> I liked it. But you're 10 at heart. I am. Uh, anyway. It's a shame for me. I wish I'd liked it as much as you guys. It's okay. You don't have to like everything. Yeah. You don't have to agree on everything. Yeah. We don't. And I think, I think at some level, I, I, may, I may like it more than I am saying now. I think I'm, I might be playing a little devil's advocate. But uh, it's still like... I don't know. Well, I'm just going to say that the kid believed in his father when his own father didn't believe in him. And he he made him a better person because of it. You know that at some point he's going to call Charlie dad and they drop the ball in that moment too. Because then it's like, it's that scene where they get get beat up and then he just says like, he's my father. And you're like, no. Actually said it before that. Oh really? Where uh, I forget where it was like just in passing though. Yeah, it's exactly. Very... There, there need that. Like I kept feeling like there was going to be that scene where he calls him dad, and that that was going to be part of the motivation of what turns him around at the end, and then that never happened. It just sort of his redemption just sort of happens because you know it has to. Sure. Come on, host, wrap this up. <laughs> I am. I, I have nothing left to say. I think it's the biggest surprise so far of the year for me. I agree. It, it was, was definitely better. Better than I anticipated. I don't know. James is just cold and heartless. And when little kids are crying out of happiness because his father's fighting the champion boxer that he's never able to do, James just thinks it's stupid. This movie was written by the guy who wrote Hardball, which is a much better movie. Is that that Keanu Reeves baseball That movie? is a lie. No, dude. When that little kid dies in Hardball, did you see Hardball? Yeah. No. Yeah. When that little kid dies, oh, man. 
But you know what makes me. Hardball not good? Keanu Reeves. Well, okay. <laughs> but also, just, Brad, you're going to be have to be the one who answers this because Ryan and I are both Lost fanboys. But was Evangeline Lilly like really good in this? No, actually, I I thought I, it might be the script because I you know, like I said I thought a lot of the lines were just really pulled from other stuff and just yeah. Uh, See, I, I I thought that too when but she was when fighting she... with um, Hugh Jackman like over like you don't pay me enough or I've been hanging around too long I felt like they were just kind of reading off the page. Oh shoot! So because I I watched it and I was I thought that yes she was being given lines that were kind of cliche and overwrought. But I thought she did a good job with him. Because I've always sort of been afraid that outside of Lost, she was not going to be as good as I thought she was in Lost. Like, what um, else has she done? Well, she's like, she's in a, a minute of The Hurt Locker, and she's in... Um, she's in a minute of The Hurt Locker. <laughs> well, uh, I thought she was good when um, he came back and confessed his love to her without saying it. Oh, yeah. And she I had like that those... Uh, Though that scene was a little awkward, because at first I was like, is he going to rape her? <laughs> Because he just, you but know, I mean, creepy. when that, uh, but when she opens her eyes, and it's good. Yeah, and when so she cries, she I always kicked him out, and he still has keys to get back into the garage. Well, it's like where he works. She yeah. was in White Chicks. Nice. Apparently, yeah. that's a shame. Someone lost. Like, what she normally that. doing? Just kind of acting troubled, and uh, she has like one of the biggest shocking character reveals, actually. Well, early on, yeah. Early on, yeah. Oh, well, she, she turned might be sinister. Uh, well, yeah, she turns out to be, well, I'm not going to, you're never yeah, going to watch up. it, but, uh, she's in Lost, she's the, you know, the love interest, or is she? Well, no, yeah, she is. Know. Yeah. I want him to watch it and then, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and she's really good. She she's, is. She's got some great moments in that show. Um, I, and I thought she was good. Me too. If anything, the failing was the script and not. I think she did all right, did all right with what she had to work yeah. with. Like, I thought her character was just kind of like, you know, there had to be a female element to the story somewhere, so. But yeah, she had that great scene, though, with a little boy talking about what Charlie did as a boxer, and I thought it was pretty good. And there were a couple of, like, really awkward moments in that, like, I don't think that the whole him dancing with a robot subplot is as fun as they think it is, or at least it wasn't for me. Like, it was more awkward, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I didn't understand why it was there, so, I don't know. Because they, it was his kid's thing. Rom- yeah. I actually thought uh, during that scene, like, what this movie would have been like if it had been not so much his son, but, like, if he had a daughter <laughs> who was a good dancer, you know? I, I think it might have been a little more appropriate. A little bit, yeah. But <laughs> it just, I thought it would, I, I don't know, it's, I just, I no, just thought I, yeah, that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, yeah. that scene, I was like. I, I think, um, how this movie well, Hugh Jackman at that of a point was still all in it for the money. So I think he thought he'd get more money if someone saw that a kid was a trainer oh, and yeah. he was dancing. Yeah. They're like, oh, we'll give him more money because it's a show. Mm. And The kid was pretty good, though. Yeah, I mean, there were, a couple really of lines, there were a couple of weird lines that, you know, I think he drops. But then there's, there's moments, that, there's like awkward moments, like the speech he gives when he takes the mic from that guy. Yeah. That is, it's, it's a really awkward speech, but it's the kind of awkward speech that a, like a, an eleven year old kid would give. Yeah, like know? I thought it was actually really natural when he like oh, yeah. screamed at the end and stuff. I thought it was pretty cute. Yeah, and, yeah, I, I agree. It, it's, it's actually, a very uncinematic scene that is realistic. Yeah. Uh, it's and like was it PG thirteen or PG? PG thirteen. Yeah, I was also kind of wanting like if, if only this movie could be rated R. Like, that kid could have a really filthy mouth, and it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I could call Hugh Jackman an asshole. And 
Bring it, motherfuckers! <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyways, you should go see Real Steel because it's awesome. Um, don't listen to James because he also doesn't like Harry Potter. So. Well, yeah, I mean Harry Potter is just fucking garbage. So next week we'll be seeing the thing. Um, you can f- like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Please do. You can also follow us on Tumblr, realnerds.tumblr.com. Send your mail that you've never sent to me, and I've had an email address for like a two months now, realnerds at gmail.com. Forward us your junk, your like spam and shit. Yeah, then I say, oh, I finally got something. I don't even get, I don't even get spam. Um, so we, I'm gonna sign you up for porn so that you can get like just billions and billions of emails. Uh, cool. And then if it's movie oh, parody porn, I don't want to do that. <laughs> ah, I can relate to the podcast. There we uh, go. Yeah. So until next week, I'm Ryan. And I'm Brad. And I'm James. Um, go see Real Steel. Don't listen to James. He's just a stick in the mud. I am. I Look am at that. That fart sound he made actually was when he was trying to talk. Everything he says sounds like shit. So <laughs> unprofessional. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Laura, what would you think? Eh. Laura said eh. So that's two eh and two uh, surprisingly Did good. you get up like four times because you were bored with it or because... No, I'm sick. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was just because you were throwing food all over the place. <laughs> Um, and Laura doesn't like it because there's no gay love story. I don't know. I thought it was pretty gay. Well, <laughs> that was pretty good for this week. When yeah. that robot was looking into the little boy's eyes and they were like holding each other. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> yeah, awkward that walking awkward. scene where like he picks him up and then I was like, is he going to crush the little boy? And then the little boy like... I, the whole thing about him learned no one how to has talk. muscle spasm. It was like this <laughs> weird, out of nowhere magic robot moment. Anyway. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh. Check, check, check. My butt could not be any tighter. Hang on a second, my mic's not far enough away from me.